Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at new eyewitnesses. That's correct, new eyewitnesses. Specifically in the case of Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker. That was that UFO abduction case that took place back in 1973. Now, I did a podcast on this back in October of 2019. Uh, These eyewitnesses actually came forward, I believe, in March, or a little before March of 2019, probably shortly after Calvin's uh, second book on the abduction came out. I did a podcast on that, but unfortunately the audio on it was was uh, not correct. And one of the uh, viewers on my YouTube channel reached out and asked me if I would do another podcast on this subject. So I said, sure. Now the article comes to us from clearingledger.com, and the Clearing Ledger, and it's by Brian Broom. The title says, "The story is very true. That's what has bothered me for 45 years." UFO eyewitness speak. And then again, like I said, this is from the Mississippi Clarion Ledger. Now, if you go to the website here, it has a little video of uh, the couple, uh, a couple of the witnesses talking. And it starts off, it says, It's a story that has fascinated people for decades. Two Pascaluga men claimed they were abducted by aliens while fishing on Pascaluga River. As was expected by the two men, Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker, their story was often met with with skepticism and ridicule. Now, three more eyewitnesses have come forward. All three of them say they saw some sort of flying object with a bright blue light at the same time and in the same area as Hickson and Parker. Now, just a few days ago on one of the podcasts, we talked about the uh, actual sheriff, his interview with uh, Charles and Calvin, and uh, the fact that they had been recorded uh, without their knowledge while the law enforcement was not in the interrogation room, the fact that the sheriff uh, believed them, in fact, uh, it was kind of cute. He said in, in his report, he says, he didn't think either one of these guys had enough imagination to create this story, in, in so many words. In other words, he just saw these these two individuals as salt of the earth, uh, honest people. Now, I did, a, I did an episode on this on YouTube, and one of the viewers reached out to me to tell me that uh, they had been uh, neighbors with Charles Hickson's family and that they were good people, honest people, and that uh, Charles Hickson, Hick, Hickson was uh, what they thought was a well-respected guy. And also, uh, as I understand it, he was a combat veteran from the Korean War. So I just can't, from everything what people that knew Charles said about him, and the feeling that I got from watching interviews with Charles does not seem to me like the kind of person that would allow a 19-year-old Calvin Parker to drag him into a false alien abduction story. I mean, I believe that Charles was in his 40s when this happened. Uh, Calvin, I think, was around 19. So these are just a couple guys, an older guy with a young kid, fishing on a pier down Pascaluga. Now, they are completely innocent victims, and the reason that they went to law enforcement, I think, was because they were so shocked by what had happened to them. Now, it says, one of the eyewitnesses says she saw what she originally thought was a man in the water, but now believes was one of the aliens. 
It goes on and she says, It was October 11th, 1973, Parker said. We'd gotten off work that day, and a friend of mine, he and I, went fishing. The old abandoned shipyard, they had a little pier out front, and we were on that pier. I'm going to guess it was about 6 o'clock in the morning. It had just started getting dark, but it was kind of a bright moon. So you got a couple third shift workers that are out here after they get off work. It's very, very early in the morning before sunrise, and they're just out there fishing in the river. It's 1973, okay? It goes on, it says... Parker said he saw blue light reflecting off the water and thought law enforcement officers had arrived to tell them to leave the property. However, when Parker looked up, he realized the light was coming from a craft like nothing he'd ever seen. A big light came out of the clouds, Parker said. It was a blinding light. It was hard to tell with the light so bright, but it looked like it was shaped like a football. I would say just estimating it was about 80 foot. Or maybe it made very little sound. It was just a hissing noise. So there is old Calvin and Charles sitting on this pier fishing when this 80-foot craft appears before them out here in the middle of the river. It has this blinding, blinding blue light emanating from it. And it makes a very low hissing sound. And Parker said three legless creatures floated from the craft. One had no neck with gray wrinkled skin. Another had a neck and appeared more feminine. Parker described their hands as being shaped like mittens or crab claws. When one of the creatures put one of its claws around his arm, Parker said he was terrified. But then another feeling came over his body. I think they injected us with something to calm us down, Parker said. I was kind of numb and went along with the program. You know, Calvin had the presence of mind to know that even though he was doing this against his own free will, he was being controlled by these entities. I was kind of numb and went along with the program. Now, maybe he was injected with something. Maybe this is some sort of mind control. We don't know. Another thing I find fascinating is the shapes of these aliens or entities. They, he said they look like crab hands. You know, I often believe that these things, when they show up on the scene, whether it's the aliens or the shape or the ships, they take the shape of things around them. It's like you have this AI program, which is incorporating whatever's around it to create a visual for us. And that goes along with my notion that these things are interdimensional. They're only materializing long enough in our reality, in our dimension, so that we can see them. So what's what could be happening here is this thing shows up as a sphere, because that's the easiest shape for it to assume. It produces this blue light, which is a common light these things produce. And then with the aliens, he doesn't say that the door opens. He doesn't say anything about a window opening. It's almost like they just emerge from the ship. Many times we have these things described as it's almost as if they are a part of the ship. We have cases where the ship seems to... Uh, transform itself into aliens and aliens back into a mechanical ship. They are ship shifting between between orbs, between mechanical devices, between entities. And that's what seems to be happening here. These things emerge from the ship. And the weird shapes, I have to wonder, were they picking up information from that river? Were they imitating the actual crabs and fish that were in that river? Is that why the shapes were so strange that they were just picking up random bits of information from whatever biological creatures happened to be in the area. And the thing that was close to them, closest to them was maybe a, a big old 
you know, slimy fish or a big old crab. And that's why they had such strange, weird shapes. Really unique compared to what we what we often hear about as far as, you know, today you always hear about the gray aliens or, or you know, different types uh, of, of entities. But these things just seems like they show up on the scene, they materialize, and the first thing they do is they get busy abducting Charles and Calvin. And it goes on, he says, when one, of the, when one of the creatures put his claws around his arm, Parker said he was terrified, but then another feeling came over his body. I think they were, I think they injected us with something to calm us down, Parker said. I was kind of numb and went along with the program. Parker said the creatures floated him and Hickson into the craft and performed physical examinations on the two. Then they were taken back to the bank of the river. Now, it, this is another situation where it looks like these guys were obviously abducted. What happened on that ship, their memories seem a little bit fuzzy. And I think sometimes the reason the memories are so fuzzy is either number one, because they're just blocking them out because it was so traumatizing, or possibly they received some sort of psychic treatment from these entities to prevent them from remembering what happened to them. The article says Hickson, who died in 2011, was very public about his experience. Parker, who now lives in Moss Point, was not and spent much of his life distancing himself from the event. However, he published a book and his experience in 2018 and since people who had been largely quiet about their experience that night are now speaking out. So you see, Calvin had the courage to speak out and that brought more witnesses out of the woodwork. Maria and Jerry Blair of Theodore, Alabama are among them. And as I picture this couple here, it says Maria and Jerry were sitting in their 1969 Pontiac GTO in the parking lot of Graham's Seafood on the night and Graham's Seafood on the opposite side of the river. Jerry worked for the business and was waiting for, was, was waiting on a boat captain to take him ashore. The captain was late and the Blairs waited for hours just after dark. Maria saw something strange. I was looking at the sky, and I noticed a blue light in the sky over where they were fishing, Maria said. I started moving, and it seemed like it was following along the Pascaluga. It started moving, and it seemed like it was following along the Pascaluga River. Now, that sounds to me almost like this thing was stalking Calvin and Charles. Lots of times we hear this. This thing shows up on the scene. It picks out a victim. Just like, you know, if uh, you were a, a, a couple of research scientists in a helicopter picking out a, uh, a specimen to bag and tag, there's old Charles and Calvin just minding their own business fishing on the riverbank, and this thing is stalking them before they even know it. It says, I just seen the lights on it. It was just going back and forth. Sometimes it would just sit there. It went on for 20 to 25 minutes. Now, maybe... Maybe that accounts for some lost time that Calvin and Charles had. Because they described the whole situation as happening in a few minutes. But it sounds like this thing came down, took them aboard the ship, had their way with them, and then returned them. So they were just sitting there for about 20 or 25 minutes. And whatever these entities were, whatever the ship was, didn't doesn't seem like it really cared if anybody noticed. Maria said she initially thought it was a plane, but realized the light pattern and hovering we're not indicative of plane. Jerry watched it also, but didn't think much of it. I thought it was a helicopter initially and just blew it off, Jerry said. It landed about 150 to 200 yards from us. 
I was, <clears throat> it, I was just north of the bridge, and it was just south of the bridge. I was here, but, but stupid me, didn't pay much attention to it. I was just going offshore and thinking about other things. You know what? Maybe that, maybe Jerry was under some sort of, you know, mild hypnosis or mild mind control from this thing, because this is also something that we frequently hear with mass UFO sightings. Some people see them, some people don't, some people pay attention. Some people say, oh yeah, I saw something, but didn't think about it. It says, after they lost sight of the craft, the two went to put Jerry's clothing and other items on the boat. While walking down the lighted pier, something else caught their attention. We heard this loud thumping splash in the river, Maria said. I looked over the side of the pier, and that's when I thought I saw a person in the river. I was looking right down on it. It looked like a person, but there was something different about it. It only came to the surface of the water. As soon as I saw it, I just went back down. It just went back down in the water. Whatever Maria had seen, what she thought was a person in some sort of a diving gear, she did not did not resurface. Jerry, who was walking ahead of her and didn't see it, said it must have been a dolphin. She said she was positive it wasn't a dolphin. Jerry went to work that evening, and and Maria returned home. And following day, she heard reports of Parker and Hickson's experience. The description of the aliens matched what she had seen in the water. I thought it was a person, but now I think it was an alien, Maria said. What Parker described was exactly it. Well, you know, you can forgive the lady for not saying anything, for second-guessing herself. You know, wow, how in the world could you explain that to yourself? This this 80-foot craft sits down in the middle of the river. These aliens emerge from it, abduct these two gentlemen, take them back on the ship, return them to the land, float them back, as Calvin said, and then on the way back, you see the alien going back into the ship, but before he gets into the ship, he sees you and submerges under the water. Now that is one crazy experience. Later that evening, Judy Judy Branding was sitting in a car a few miles away at a traffic signal with her roommate and their dates. We were on a double date that night, Branding said. We were at a red light at Chico and Highway 90, and we were basically sitting on the railroad track. I saw some lights, and I wasn't sure what I was looking at because it was so far away. Like the like the blares, Branding thought it was an airplane at first, but, she, but as it came closer and flew over the car, she was in... She was in the four realized it wasn't. So they're in the car, they're waiting at the railroad tracks, they see this craft flies over them, and when it flies over them, they realize this isn't like any airplane they've ever seen. She says, it didn't make noise, Banning said. It had bright, bright lights. Same thing Calvin said. Excessively bright blue lights. Quote, it got closer and it was hovering. It was kind of a saucer-shaped or disc-shaped with a round top. The radio <clears throat> the radio started sounding like it was running through all the stations and the car went dead. We were freaking out. Uh, this is more common uh, electrical interference that we frequently hear about with these close UFO encounters. Branding said... After it passed over the car, the craft shot straight up at a rate of speed she'd never seen and disappeared. It left her shaken. Quote, I didn't sleep that night thinking about it, Branding said. Branding said the four agreed not to say 
anything about what they saw. She said over the years she told a few people, but not many, because she was scared. Pe- she was scared of people's reactions. Now, 74 years old, she said she does not care if people believe her or not. Maria said she told people what she'd seen, but but largely stopped talking about it in the weeks following that evening. When you talked about it back then, people thought you were crazy, Maria said. Back then, when I saw what Calvin and Charles went through, I kind of backed down talking about it. The story is very true. That has what's bothered me for 45 years. It's been on my mind for 45 years. Just imagine that. 45 years of carrying this around. Parker was met. Parker has met with the Blairs and Branning and said he's happy they are now telling their stories publicly. I checked the people out as best I could, and they seem credible, Parker said. It means a lot to me that they came forward. Parker feels there are more witnesses out there. I definitely do, Parker said. There have been two or three people that have contacted me privately, but didn't want their names used. I believe there are more people that haven't come forward. Back in the 70s, you just didn't talk about it. Parker's book, Pascaluga, The Closest Encounter, My Story, is available on Amazon.com. Wow, what a story. And Calvin Parker, still alive as far as I know. A really interesting cat. Uh, I've, I've watched his videos. Uh, I, to me, this is one of the most sincere, realist, most real, most believable UFO abduction cases I have ever come across. And these are the four eyewitnesses that have come forward. Now, then, you know, 45 years later, now 48 years after the fact, to say, yes, I was there. I saw it happen. Calvin and Charles were not lying. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.